Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Hare Krishna. So good afternoon and welcome. I'm thinking that my wife is probably in Ireland smiling that she gave me such a tough topic to speak about this week. It's funny, the topic is practically the essence of philosophy and the essence of uh, uh, how, to, how to describe reality as it is explained in the Vedic literature. So we will give it a try right now. And uh, put on your seatbelts because this is kind of a philosophical talk. Um, and so put on your philosophical thinking hats and we will uh, try to leave ample time for questions and, and discussion to try to um, have this, this concept of achintya beta beta tattva, which we'll be discussing, uh, have that um, enter deep into our psyche so we can understand it. <clears throat> so this is, uh, there, this is a philosophy that's been taught by Lord Krishna, especially in his incarnation as Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Um, and we'll go, first we'll go over the, the Sanskrit a little bit of this uh, philosophy. So achintya means inconceivable. So already we're, we have a problem. We're going to talk about a philosophy that's inconceivable. So maybe we should just chant the rest of the day. <laughs> I don't understand it either. It's inconceivable. Uh, so achintya means inconceivable. And then paid, which probably be many of you who speak Hindi know very well. Um, here it means uh, difference, right? So inconceivable difference, and then interestingly, abed, right? In oneness, and then tattva means the truth or philosophy. So the philosophy of uh, inconceivably, simultaneously, one and different. Okay? Inconceivably, simultaneously, one and different. And what the Vedic literature often does, and what uh, our founder, whose uh, statue is here behind you, um, Srila Prabhupada, often what both of them do uh, is give analogies. Analogies can sometimes be helpful to understand things that are complex. So let's go through a couple of analogies that are given in the Vedic literature to understand this challenging concept. Okay? It'll, I, I, I know it helped me a lot in understanding this point. So there is the sun, right? And there's that big globe up in the sky millions of miles away, such a powerful, such a hot object, right? And there's one sun, right? But what we experience also is the heat and the light that come from that sun, right? Like, okay, today's, actually, actually today's quite a comfortable day, but let's say it's 70, 75 degrees. You really appreciate that, that nice sunshine, or even in the winter, right? The winter sun can be very soothing, isn't it? If it's, uh, you know, it's in the 30s, but the sun is out, it, it, you know, that heat uh, is very helpful. And of course, light, uh, the light of the sun, we all can appreciate very much, especially for myself as I'm getting older. I see how much easier I can drive in the daytime than I can drive at night, and the, the, the vision is better. Um, so the light, so we, ha we get the, the heat and the light, you can't separate them from the sun, right? Without the sun, there would be, they wouldn't have the heat and light, but they're not the sun. If the sun was right outside this building right now, we'd be in big trouble, right? But although the sun is far away and it's one, it's, it's parts and parcels. We're going to talk about parts and parcels in a minute from now. Um, it's emanations, the heat and the light are, you can't separate them from the sun, but they're not the sun. Okay, so there's an example of bed abed. Difference and oneness. Okay? Now, let's talk about this word part and parcel. Um, it's, it's a term that Srila Prabhupada in his, in his writings, he translated over 80 uh, books in the uh, 11 years that he, 
he had with us uh, from when he was 70 years old to 81. Um, and he would often use this term part and parcel to describe our relationship with Krishna. So let's apply now achintya bed abed to us, okay? And I hope you're all following this very simple point. <laughs> so part means we are the same spiritual nature as Krishna. We are qualitatively one with God in the sense that we are also, we're not this body. We know that philosophy from Bhagavad Gita. We're the soul. And the soul is satchit ananda, full of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. And God, Krishna, is eternity, knowledge, and bliss. So we are part of Krishna. But we are also a parcel, very, very, very small part. And Krishna is this, you know, God is this unlimitedly big concept, person, idea, okay? So uh, we are part and parcel. We are one with and different from Krishna. So let's examine that a little bit, okay? So um, a drop of water, All right. just one drop, okay? One drop of water is part and parcel of the ocean. But compare the drop to the vastness of, of, of the Atlantic Ocean, for example. Right? Imagine how many drops make up the Atlantic Ocean. So that's in terms of quantity. That, is, that just gives us some idea of us compared to God. Okay? Just one drop compared to the ocean. Now, I, 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 brought, I use this uh, example because uh, our founder uses it and the Vedic literature uses it, but I, I wanted to show the next couple of slides because we have to be a little careful because we may think that when that drop of water goes in the ocean, it merges with the ocean. Okay, so now let's, uh, let's use uh, some more examples. Okay, so what town are we in right now? Potomac. Potomac. Anyone disagree? Okay, we're all in Potomac right now. Okay, right? But are, have we become Potomac because we're in Potomac? Sham, uh, by the way, is a wonderful, wasn't that a wonderful uh, kirtan Prabhuji led today? Yes, yes. It's so nice to have him back, even though it's uh, for a short time. So are you Potomac because you've entered into Potomac? No, you see? So even when we're in the city, uh, in, in a city or a town like Potomac, we haven't, by coming here, entered, we maintain our individuality, even though we're in the city of, uh, the town of Potomac. Or another example, uh, a fish, when, when fish, well, of course, I don't know about sharks, but when other fish go from the river, into the small river into the ocean, uh, do they become the ocean? They maintain their individuality. So although we, so we are part and parcel of God, of Krishna, but we are always eternally an individual, okay? Because if you, if you say that we, if, if we only look at the, um, so this is, I think this comes up further, but I'll mention it now because it's on my mind. Um, if we only emphasize the part, we only are getting half of the picture the part where we say we are God. So what people who say they are God, they're only, they're, they're, and one reason that you may have heard speakers sitting on this seat in the past criticize that philosophy because it's only getting half the truth. It's forgetting how small we are compared to God and how we maintain our individuality eternally. Okay? So this, and this philosophy of inconceivably, simultaneously one and different applies in so many, so many aspects, both of practical life and philosophical life. Some people think that the guru, the spiritual master, the acharya, is God. <laughs> Advaita Acharya was going like, no. <laughs> so... What is the oneness? So the guru is not God, but there is a oneness. And that oneness is that the pure devotee, 
the one who is only interested in serving God, serving Krishna, has the same interests. So the oneness is an interest. Right? It's not that Srila Prabhupada can create universes. Right? But his interest and that of Lord Krishna's were identical. So in that sense, oneness. Okay, so oneness of interest can also be there. Okay. Any questions so far? I know I surprised you. You probably don't have any yet because you're wondering he's going to leave a lot of time for questions. Okay, I'll, I'll keep going. And if you have some, you know, uh, raise your hand if you have some questions as we're going along, okay? Because I'm definitely I'm looking at the clock and I'm looking at how many slides I have. We're definitely going to have time for questions, so be prepared. Okay, so another way to look at this, another term, can be absolute relativity. <laughs> now, if you're scratching your head, uh, so was I until I started meditating on this point. So the absoluteness is that oneness. And the relativity is that manyness. So Krishna is absolute. There's one Krishna. Ekala Ishwar Krishna Arsabhritya, says in uh, Bengali, actually, right? Uh, that there's one Ishwara, the Lord, and all are his servant. But he has, he's relative. He has relationships with his energies. Just like we see here on the altar in the center. There's Krishna, and then there's Radha. There's the absolute one Krishna, and his, well, it's a little technical, his Ladini Shakti, uh, personified as Srimati Radharani. So he, uh, he also has the variety that he creates. So there's simultaneously oneness and manyness. Right? Look at the manyness in this room. So many. Okay, so now let's look at um, how Krishna creates this manyness and his different energies. Okay? Ready? Okay. So, there is Krishna, and in the Brahma Samhita, he's called Sarva Karna Karnam. What does Sarva mean? All. And Karna? Cause. And Karnam. So, he's called the cause of all causes. You know, in the simplest way, Srila Prabhupada would sometimes say, you have your father, he has his father, he has his father, or you could say mother, right? You go back, you go back, you go back. Is there a cause that started the chain? And the Brahma Samhita says, yes, that's Krishna. Sarva Karna Karnam. Then he creates different energies, and they're generally uh, described as three different energies. So let's look at those three, diff three different energies. First one, the spiritual energy. So this is a depiction of the Vaikuntha planets and Goloka Vrindavan, the spiritual world, where all living entities there are just focused on their loving uh, relationship with, with the Lord. Okay? And that spiritual energy, um, it's not some just far away theory, but we can also connect with that spiritual energy at any time because bhakti is part of spiritual energy. So here's Srila Prabhupada playing the harmonium and singing about Krishna. All of us today coming to the temple, that is connecting with the spiritual energy. That's, that's part of bhakti. Uh, if, we, if we chant Krishna's name, if we give some donations to Krishna, if we uh, read the, Krishna's words in the Bhagavad Gita, these are all aspects of bhakti and part of the spiritual energy. So what's really neat is that spiritual energy is available to us 24-7. It's better than 7-Eleven. Right? It's available all the time. We can connect. We can plug into that spiritual energy. By, by what are some other, other ways you can, you can perform bhakti? Good morning. There's nine processes. I just want one. By service, yes. Hearing, Hearing about Krishna. Chanting. Chanting about Krishna. Prayer. Worshiping the deity of Krishna. Associating with Krishna. Uh, oh, associating, I guess you meant devotees? Yeah, associating with devotees, yes. 
dancing, distributing books, taking prashadam, and distributing prashadam? No, taking mainly, yeah. <laughs> right, yes, prashadam, spiritual foodstuffs, uh, food that has been offered first to Krishna. So there's so many ways to connect to this spiritual energy. We can do it at any time. It doesn't cost anything. You can do it in an airplane. You can, you can do it. You can do it anywhere. That's the that's the availability of the spiritual energy. Then the next energy, the material energy. Um, sometimes it's explained as those things composed of earth, water, fire, air, ether. And then there's subtle material energies: mind, the intelligence, and the e false ego. Uh, um, but material energy also doesn't mean this vast creation. That's part of it. Uh, I don't know if you can see this slide that well. It's, it's, a, it's an old painting in ISKCON, but depicting the three modes of material nature. The top mode is goodness, where people are being, doing pious activities, mode of passion, being very active in this world, all kind of basically disconnected to the spiritual energy, right? And then animal life, or acting like an animal, like the, the Shastra says, dwi para pashu. What, is, what, is, what does that mean? Two-legged animal. So we, have, you know, we sometimes can be very much two-legged animals, right? Only absorbed in eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. But this is also part of the material energy, sometimes called maya, that which is not, or illusion, okay? Um, a, neat, a neat example of this, by the way, in the scriptures is, is clouds, right? Because the, well, how are clouds created? The clouds come from the sun, right? The sun beats down on water. It evaporates, right? And it, yeah, and then clouds are created. So the sun creates the clouds, and then the clouds block us from seeing the sun, so it's an interesting way to think of the material energy. It's created by God, the sun, right? But um, it, the energy works in a way of blocking us from seeing the sun. And of course, does the sun, do, do clouds block the sun? I mean, it's like crazy, right? The sun's emanating all over the universe, and you know, here's a couple of clouds over Potomac that, you know, big deal, <laughs> right? So they don't block the sun, they block our vision of the sun. So that's a way to see, understand the material uh, energy. And then the third energy is us. Okay, and it's called, uh, in Sanskrit, it's called tatasta shakti. Tata is like, not the, tata is not the, um, the cars that you find on the road in India, or the trucks, <laughs> tata sumo and all those things. Uh, it, it means uh, marginal, right? It means on the side of a river, the part that's neither in the water nor on the land, right? So that's us. We're the marginal energy of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And this is part of, remember, the, the variegatedness, the many, right? These different energies are part of the many, and Krishna is the one. And we have a choice of taking shelter of those, either of those other two energies, the spiritual energy, that we've talked about how easy it is to do that. And let's face it, probably some of us in this room have had a experience of taking shelter of the material energy. Not so hard to do either, right? You can go to YouTube and plug right into the material energy, and you can also find all kinds of uh, talks about Krishna and bhajans and kirtans and plug into the spirit. You have that choice. You just have to type different letters on your keyboard. So we have this, uh, we have this choice of which of that variety of energies that Krishna has created uh, we choose to take shelter of. And it's also good to remember that it's not only human beings, but um, all species. Anything living is ultimately not the body, but the soul inside the body and is part of that marginal energy of the Lord. So we have a choice. And I was thinking of uh, what examples might be there. I was thinking of this that, uh, anyone ever been to this place? Been to Yellowstone? Uh, you've been there? Is it nice? Fantastic. Who, has someone else had their hand up? Is it nice place? Beautiful place. Okay. 
Has anyone been to this place? Raise your hand. Okay. Is it a nice place? Yeah, yeah, nice place. Okay. I'm mentioning that I also happen to work with the National Park Service, so a little plug for my, my job. <laughs> but anyway, that's <laughs> neither here. But nice places. And I can tell you, because I, I work in the Department of the Interior, they have a huge budget of your taxpayer dollars going to maintain that. Right? Very nice place. Now, let me show you another place that your taxpayer dollars go to. Right? This is Guantanamo Bay, and it's an American prison, a little uh, off the grid nice place. <laughs> You've been? <laughs> we, we won't ask for a show of hands how many people have been there. <laughs> it's in a little uh, part of Cuba, actually. Um, also, part of your taxpayer dollars. Also, here's another part of the government probably that you don't want to run into too often. Right? But also part of the government. Right? So the government offers such places like this and such places like that. Right? If you're a law abiding citizen and you have the means, you can go to places like, oops, like Yellowstone and uh, Grand Canyon. And if you break the law, the government also has to create prisons. I mean, there's, a, there's an idea of privatizing all of them, but still, you know, you get the idea, right? So similarly, we can choose, so both are energies of the government, right? National parks and prison system. Both are energies of the government. And we can choose, if we're good citizens, we can go to places like the national park and enjoy. And if we break the laws, we can go to the prisons. So similarly, in the same way, Krishna has his energies. And we, the marginal energy, tatasta shakti, if you remember that word, we can choose the prison or we can choose the national parks. Our choice. Um, so here's a, just uh, bring in the Bhagavad Gita a little bit. So this is a, a, an important verse. Whoops, that's wrong. That's not the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, that's the Bhagavad Gita, right? Uh, an important verse in the ninth chapter where Krishna says, Mahatmas, right? We all know Mahatma Gandhi, but the word Mahatma means what? Literally, Mahat, eh, Atma, great soul, right? So Mahatmanas to Mamparta, he's saying, uh, um, diving prakritim asrita. So they take, uh, asrita means to take shelter, to connect, to plug into. And what do they plug into? The divim prakritim. Divim in this case means transcendental, and prakritim means energy or nature. So great souls, like all of you, we are meant to plug into that divim prakritim, take shelter of that. And how do you do that? Then he says, right? So knowing me, as that's supreme. I'll read, it's small on my computer here. Uh, Osana Prita, that means Arjuna. Those who are not deluded, the great souls, Mahatmas, are under the protection of the divine nature. They are fully engaged in devotional service. Remember, bhakti is part of the spiritual energy. Because they know me as the supreme personality of Godhead, the oneness, the one, original and inexhaustible. So this is, verse, Krishna is explaining that point that we've been making, that we have that choice, and Mahatmas make the right choice. They take shelter of that spiritual energy, not the material energy. And one more verse. Um, here Krishna is talking about, uh, he's, all, he's also calling it divine, but he's saying his material energy. Now how is his material energy divine? Because it's also coming from him, ultimately. But the, those, the divine energy mind consisting of the three modes of material nature is difficult to overcome, but one who asrita, one who takes shelter of me and the spiritual energy, they can easily cross beyond it. Okay? So now we'll try to uh, conclude with a, a bringing this all together. Okay? Um, how is bhakti, what we've been talking about devotion, connected to achintya beda, abeda tattva? 
So often in the Vedic literature and in classes, you've heard about karma, jnan, and bhakti, right? So karma is usually seen as the bhed. Self we selflessly try to enjoy the variety of this world, right? And then jnan is when we say, well, that didn't work. So uh, reject the variety, which has caused so much trouble in this world, and just say, no, God is one, and I'm also one with God. But the synthesis of that is bhakti, to understand that all variety comes from that one, uh, Krishna, and therefore we as his part and parcel want to serve him with devotion. So that is the paid and the abhed. So what, so, the conclusion is one that you've always, you've always heard from people giving me talks on Sundays, but here's a little of the philosophical background behind it, that, Krishna, that the, the truth is inconceivably, simultaneously one and different, and the conclusion of that truth is to serve that truth uh, with devotion and connect with that spiritual energy. So, what questions or comments do you have? My question was directly related oh. to that. Uh, you say that material energy is also created by Krishna. Yes. So is spiritual energy. Yes. So why would Krishna create material energy if he <laughs> wants us to be close to him? Ask him. Um, he, he, the, the explanation I always like to give is that uh, we have eternally, as part of our sroop, of who we are, is free will and choice. And basically, you know, besides the free will of, you know, um, you know, liking to ride a bike rather than, you know, play tennis, you know, those kind of free wills, the ultimate, the... Uh, uh, the existential free will is whether we want to have a relationship with God or not. And if we don't, he creates a place where we can... It's just like uh, the example that is sometimes given. Uh, I don't know if any of you ever had um, uh, sons or daughters when they were young who'd like to um, make believe that they were cooking so you can buy these little plastic uh, like kitchens. You don't really want them to be cooking on your, on your stove because it's dangerous, right? So, so they get a little fake kitchen to, to do their thing. So similarly, Krishna kind of gives us this world to do our thing. And uh, that's part of his kindness, that if, the, if that's our desire, he provides, uh, he fulfills that desire. And at the same time, he provides opportunities for us to wake up to our relationship with him. But he gives us that choice. And that choice is the inherent uh, nature of the soul. Is that all right? Hare Kirtan Prabhu, we're going to pass the mic to you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you for such a nice explanation of such a subtle and nuanced topic. So, but, no, go ahead. And, <laughs> and. So you describe three energies, uh, Krishna's internal spiritual potency, the external material potency, and the marginal potency, which is us. Correct. Krishna... Uh, characterizes the external material energy as inferior. Right. And the superior energy as all living beings. Right. Hence the qualitative equality of all living beings with Krishna. However. And. And. <laughs> from the standpoint of influence, the marginal potency, us, is either under the influence of Krishna's superior internal spiritual energy or the external material energy, which okay. is understood to be inferior because it is not conscious. Okay. Okay, so my question is, hierarchically, what's the pecking order here on the, on the second two? We understand Krishna's internal spiritual energy is highest, but because we can be under the influence of the material energy, and because the material energy is Krishna's divine energy, 
is Krishna's divine material energy ranked higher than, than the Tatashta Shakti, the uh, conscious energy that is dependent on material nature when embodied and under the influence of material nature on a more metaphysical level or under the influence of the uh, spiritual energy when we attain pure devotional service? The answer is yes. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> no. Um, so there's a few things that can be, obviously that's a lot, that's a big question. Uh, in the Bhagavad Gita, I think you're kind of referring to 7th chapter verses 4 and 5, right? Uh, Krishna says, Bhumir apo nalo vayu kangmano budhir evacha ahankara iti ame bina prakritir ashtada. He says, earth, water, fire, air, ether, mind, intelligence, and ego. He calls them bina prakriti, B-H-I-N-N-A, I don't know, you know how to spell it in Sanskrit, but uh, bhinna prakriti. And Srila Prabhupada translates that as separated, right? Bhinna prakriti or ashtad. Um, and then the next verse says, what is the next verse? Apariyam itastvangyam prakritim vidimeparam jiva bhuta mahabaho yayedam daryate jagat. Someone have a Bhagavad Gita around? But anyway, so the material energy is called bhinna prakriti. And then the, uh, that verse, I forget which part of the Sanskrit, is um, spirit, superior energy of the Lord. This is an important question, and it's an important chapter in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 7, verses 4 and 5. So let's look at that. Okay. Well, I got the Sanskrit right. That's a good start. Uh, so aparayas, aparayam means... Apara means inferior, and he says, besides this inferior, aparyas itastvangyam, there's another prakritim, energy, uh, and this is param, superior. Okay, that's what the Sanskrit says. Prakritim vidime param. Know it to be my superior energy. And this, just as you said, who are the, what is this? It's comprised of all of us who are, uh, what, who are living entities because we're Satchit Ananda, we said. But it also says, interestingly enough, that we're in Maya, basically. We're trying to exploit, enjoy for ourselves the inferior energy of the Lord. So, the, so there, at least that pecking order is clear, right? Between those two energies, it's clear. Yes, yeah, so your next question is, what about the superior energy or the internal energy? The, the, the question is, on, in one sense, clearly the spiritual energy of which we are a part right. is, superior, is superior to the inferior material energy on account of the material energy is not conscious. It doesn't have the quality right. of, of consciousness. However, uh, we also find that we are in, in our embodied state dependent on this divine energy and under the influence of this divine energy. Divine material energy. Divine yes. material energy, yes. right. So, in, so I'm trying to parse out whether that's an absolute. Are we absolutely superior to material nature in all respects, or is it only in respect to the quality of consciousness that is present in the superior spiritual energy and not in the inferior material energy? Mm. Because... We are dependent on the material energy and under the influence of the material energy. Therefore, in one sense, now you could say the material energy is hierarchically greater. Okay. I'm not sure if this is going to satisfy because I'm not sure if it's... Your answer, your question is hard for me to answer, but I will try to answer part of it, which I'm not sure is going to satisfy you, but will probably satisfy everyone else. <laughs> How do you like that for a preface to a quick answer? <laughs> um, that the, we can also... the the material energy can also become spiritualized by using it in Krishna's service, right? Um, what is that verse that goes, uh, Krishna Asambanda? Anashaktasya Vishayan, Yartaham we have only so many scholars here. Yartaham Upayunjita, Nirbanda Krishna Sambande, 
yuktam vairagya uchate, that this world uh, doesn't have to be renounced because it's also Krishna's energy, right? But the spirit, but part of our struggle, a part of our practice is to see the Krishna Sambandha in even the material energy. And therefore, just a few verses later, Krishna tells us to do that. He says, I am, you want to see me in this, in this energy? I am the taste in water. I am the light of the sun and the moon. I am the syllable Om in the Vedic mantras. I am the sound in ether. And Parushamnishu, I'm the ability in man. So even in this material nature, the idea is, to, is to, to connect it with Krishna. And so for a very, very advanced devotee of Krishna, they see Krishna even in the material energy. Um, it's because it's the same energy being used differently. It's all coming from Krishna. Just like the one electricity, electricity powers a heater and an air conditioner same electricity used in different ways. So that's in the general sense, but we're not suggesting in a general idea right now in our state to really take shelter of the material energy. Saying, oh, it is also Krishna, so let me um, go to um, Las Vegas and do a little betting and then go to Joe's Bar and Grill and have some burgers. No, we're not suggesting that uh, at all. But, the, but we do try to take this energy, just like this is a material thing, an Apple computer, but use it in Krishna's service. That's the best I can do for now. Well, I can't speak for everybody else, but you got closer for me than you expected. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, before we go to Ananda, are there any ladies who have questions? I remember last time we did this, ladies, men, ladies, men, and that worked out well. They already all understand it. <laughs> yes, Karen. Can you, just talk a bit? Oh. Can you just explain a little more about marginal? When I hear marginal, I'm like, eh, it's marginally okay, or <laughs> yeah. my stocks are marginally okay. okay. Well, that's, that's, I have that, a marginal that, job. You know, yeah. You, yeah, we're marginal just, living entities. You, you know, kind like, of, like the servant, you know, yeah. servant of the servant. Can yeah. you do that with Right, so um, we're, we're marginal energy. It's fantastic. <laughs> We're part of Krishna and we're a parcel of Krishna. We're one in quality and totally different in quantity. And we have this big decision that we have every time the alarm goes off and we wake up in the morning. Which energy am I going to choose? And usually, let's be honest, most of us try to choose a little bit of both. Right? We try to have one foot in Krishna consciousness, in the boat of Krishna consciousness, and one foot in the boat of, well, whatever. You know, and the problem is that sometimes Krishna separates the two boats and we're like, we're doing a split, right? <laughs> and he's kind of telling us to make a decision before we leave this world. Um, but it's, it's, it, it is a great challenge to be a marginal energy in that sense that we have, we have this um, amazing God-given independence and we can choose which way we do it. So the, 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 the challenge is to make the right choice. So marginal, the, what's the word marginal mean? What's the actual definition? Well, I, I, like I said, tatasta is the Sanskrit, and tata um, is that, that, that uh, very hard to describe part that's just on the edge between the water and the land. If that gives you any... Jerry Seinfeld, oh. uh, you know, it's... I don't yeah. love that. You know, I like parson parcel. It's inconceivable. Yeah. Well, parson parcel is nice, because... But yes. marginal? Uh, okay. Well, okay. we'll go for part and parcel. Don't okay. Worry about it. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Anand Prabhu. A microphone for Anand Prabhu. I think uh, this Prabhu was asking you a question about the packing order. Yes. Uh, material energy. Then he was talking about the uh, tatasta sakti. And he said uh, the thing. And he says uh, which one is a higher or lower? And he says the material energy because the tatasta sakti depends on him. That's what he says, that he has a higher order, you know. But in reality, the living entity or the paraprakriti, you know, uh, is always higher, it doesn't depend on the material energy, period. 
but because mm. of the illusion we think we are depending on it mm. otherwise the material energy is already been driven by krishna by his own will to fulfill all your desire so actually you are not depending on the material energy but that's an illusion so the packing order he was talking that packing order is just like that is the way uh, the gita explains that the material energy tattasta shakti and then the para prakriti thank you simple is that thank you very much some ladies no <laughs> it's too much <laughs> please correct me if i understood there are only two energy superior and inferior there is nothing like margin energy we are at the margin but it's, we are not we are part of the superior energy that's what i understood so there are only two energies not the three as i as i can understand well it depends on how you define the marginal it's it's uh we are spiritual yes um and at the same time we are not for example radharani anyone here radharani okay uh so now we could get we could get really the spiritual energy has three aspects samvit sandini and ladini and the ladini shakti is the is the prasanna the shakti of bhakti of devotion so yes and what you're saying is absolutely right of course sham krishna prabhu what you're saying is absolutely right and you could also say that bhakti is an energy so we have the 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 soul the supreme soul and the energy that connects them is also a spiritual energy and that ultimately is bhakti or devotion or love and that's also and so it depends just how we use that word energy but what you're saying is absolutely right and another way to look at it is that the spiritual energy is bhakti and then there's the three just different same same truth looked at from different angles is that okay Why was asking these tough that's a keep asking ladies you have any question for god's sake so we don't have to listen to these men all day <laughs> Sho Rupanuga asked the question about the marginal and the living entity and Sho Prabhat answered it talking more about us being in the samvit but i i don't have that letter in front of me i couldn't find it on you know well, okay if you really want to get technical. but the samdini is the existence principle which is actually makes up the the spiritual world and when we develop our love for krishna um the you ready for technical stuff the samvit and the ladini shakti descend on the living entity by krishna's mercy and we develop prema we develop our original love for krishna and we're full of knowledge and devotion and that by by the spiritual master and krishna's blessings um we that energy enters the devotee and they develop krishna prema and we just forget in the material world or yes. is that well it, it's there that okay there's another interesting point that prabhuji's bringing up this is a very important philosophical concept very important uh the verse goes in i think it's in bengali nitya siddha krishna preme sadhu kabunoi shravanadi sudachite koriye udoi and so that what it's saying is that love for krishna is in every single one of our hearts it's not something external like you go out and buy a car that's external from you right It, it, you go and get married that's also external believe it or not although it doesn't seem like it after you've been married long enough um that was supposed to be funny uh, these ladies aren't laughing at all uh um but love for krishna is 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 nitya siddha krishna prema sadhu kabunoi it doesn't it, it's there in the heart and it has to be udoi in in bengali in bengali right anyone bengali here udoi it's awoken right awakened right yes and and so how do you awaken it by the all those things that you had just said before when i said what is bhakti i mean specifically it says shravanadi so shravan means to hear and adi means etc and all those etc is that you came up with deity worship and and uh and chanting and and reading and and all those other things taking prasadam uh dwaita prabhu brought up so, you know all these different things that's the part of the so they're like the uh, shravanadi gel they're the water that uh awakens that plant in our heart that creeper in our heart 
of Krishna Prema. So it's very, it's, it's, but it's a very important concept because that means when we're talking to someone, anyone, a devotee or someone who's not practicing devotional service, they have Krishna and love for Krishna in their heart. And it's just a question of awakening it. It's not some foreign substance. Believe it or not, we still have time for more questions. Yes. Hi. Um, so some people seem to be struggling with the, the term marginal. Would liminal be another way of doing this? Because it's in between two states. Yeah, I like that. Like, so like liminal. a liminal space is between two, two states of being. So like, so if we're spirits experiencing the material world, but we have this consciousness that allows us to be aware of our spiritual nature, we're in between that part between spiritual and material. Yep. So it doesn't have that negative connotation, like you were saying, like marginal, we seem to use it negatively. But no, I do, because I think that too, I'm like, oh, marginal, but like maybe liminal, because we're in, like we're in a space where we can be caught between the two boats. Liminal is a good word, yes, okay. I like that. Yeah, because marginal, we think helps. of marginalized. Right, okay, right, yeah. so, I don't know, that's just a thought. Yeah, so. thank you, okay. yeah. thank you very good, yes, very good word. Sachinandan Swami uses that word a lot, liminal space, yes. What else? Uh, Hare Krishna Prabhu. Uh, my question is, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu introduced the Achincha Beda Abeda principle. Yes. But earlier we have Dvaita philosophy by Madhvacharya. So how actually we are following the parampara without deviation of the philosophy? It's a further explanation or elaboration on the same principle. I'm not going to get into the whole, the differences between Vashishta Dvait and Dvait. That's very technical for a class like this, but the, the, uh, the, what, Prabhu, what uh, this devotee is mentioning is that previous teachers in the line of disciplic succession have uh, approached this topic in various ways and, and how it is, it's almost like, um, like if anyone's familiar, well not exactly like it, but uh, the Talmud in, in Judaism, that, that scholars kind of, you know, it's, it's, a it's a living thing that people would add to, so, Great acharyas have brought up this point of a chinchabated beta tapa, but in in parts of it, and then as it went from Ramanujacharya Madhvacharya, and then to Lord Chaitanya, uh, he gave the full explanation, uh, and of course that's Krishna's arrangement that it went like that from these great teachers of a chinchabeda beta tapa. So if anyone asks you if you really want to stump somebody at work, and they say, "What do you believe in?" you say, "A chinchabeda beta tapa," <laughs> and they'll go. Sorry, I asked. <laughs> yeah. Actually, there's a song by the, uh, the rock band Kula Shekar, which is a band of devotees, uh, called Achincha Beta Beta Tattva. Other questions? Yes. Hare Krishna. Um, this is not a question per se. I'm just curious. Um, how did you get introduced to Lord Krishna? How did your journey begin? Oh, easiest question all day. Um, I was in high school, and I, was, uh, I had a job after school working at my mother's law firm. And one of the uh, clerks at the law firm was a devotee. And so he, uh, he was also like, like really like a world expert on the Beatles, which is something I was interested in those days. So he would talk to me a little bit about the Beatles, and then talk to me a little bit about Krishna. And then he said, would I like to meet Srila Prabhupada? Because uh, there was a Ratha Yatra, 1976 in New York. And so uh, then I went to, uh, to Ratha Yatra in New York and then met uh, the devotees there, became more interested. And then I, went to, I happened to go to a university that had a temple. I, was going, I went to college in Ann Arbor, Michigan, the University of Michigan. And there was a temple there run by uh, Badri Narayan Maharaj. Um, and then I got more interested. And then I did what any good red-blooded American would do in the 1970s, and I dropped out of school <laughs> and became a monk, uh, a brahmachari, for about 12 years. Then I went back to college 27 years later and got a degree in conflict resolution, but that's, that's how I did it. It's so, so you don't know who you're going to meet. You know, uh, Palaka Prabhu, every week he leads a group of devotees who go to Silver Spring and chant the holy names and, and give out uh, books by, written by Srila Prabhupada. You don't know 
who's going to get that book and, and change their life because of that, and all of us. So it's, it's good for all of us to um, carry a couple of copies of the Bhagavad Gita or other of Srila Prabhupada's books with us in our car, and you meet somebody, um, and just, hey, here you go. Here's a, some, a book on spiritual life, and you don't know what's going to happen to that person and what's, how they're going to change their life. If I hadn't met that one person, if I hadn't gotten that one job and met that one person, you know, I don't know where I'd be today. I'd pro uh, you know, who knows? If I was a good lawyer, which I was going to be a lawyer, maybe I'd have one of the houses around here and complain about the people who park their cars uh, on Sunday at the Hare Krishna Temple. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> but thank you for that question. <laughs> So maybe we should end on a high note, but I have time for one more question, if someone has one. Okay, if there's not a question, I'm just going to do one last way that a chincha beta beta tattva can be applied very practically, uh, or how we have to be careful to apply it practically, because we know that uh, this is a, a, the, a depiction of a verse in the Bhagavad Gita that says, the humble sage by virtue of true knowledge, sees with equal vision, samadarshina. Remember one of the, the Gita values? One of the Gita values is samadarshina. Sees with equal vision all living entities. An elephant, a dog, a dog eater, right? Okay? So that's good. We should see like that. Everyone is our brothers and sisters. Everyone in all walks of life, all practices of religion or irreligion, whatever, right? That's the oneness. But we do have to apply that oneness carefully because we probably wouldn't do what this guy does, right? <laughs> and embrace a tiger because generally, he, you know, this guy may have a good relationship with the tiger, but uh, um, other people don't. So that's an example Prabhupada would say that, you know, there's the practical side that, you know, we, we respect all, all life and all living entities, but we don't go up to, you know, um, copperhead snakes and, you know, say hi. Right, we run the other way. So, so achincha beta beta tattva is also meant to be applied practically. So thank you very much. Hare Krishna.